0: Welcome to the Strong Mamas podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Hey friend, welcome back to the Strong Mamas podcast. We have got a fantastic episode lined up for you today. We are talking about nutrition and eating habits that get results. This is the stuff that I know you've been clamoring for, the details that you've been patiently waiting to find out about. Everybody wants to know how to eat that and eating habits that will help move the needle, right? And today, I'm going to be brutally honest with you about what works and what doesn't work, okay? Now, my amazing co-host and husband extraordinaire is joining us for our conversation today. Hello. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot, Scott. Thinking back to when we first got married, and we were both kind of a little chubby and overweight.
1: (laughs) Just a little baby fat at... Our mid 20s.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, there was kind of a pivotal moment where both you and I decided to completely revamp our eating habits. And, and both, we, we both were able to lean down a little bit and feel a lot better. What do you think was the thing that you feel made the most impact for us?
1: Yeah. So I love when you put me on the spot with these questions. <laughs> it's always fun. But I would say thinking back, probably the biggest change was going from packaged foods to less packaged foods. Yeah. And probably eating more vegetables. Yeah. Just putting those more and having vegetables be fresh vegetables instead of canned. canned, yeah. Which canned are fine, but by doing that, I felt like I began eating more different vegetables because there's, you know... Three or four that you can get in cans. Right. And then just stepping away from packaged foods. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times we do like the little rice roni type packages yep. or the noodles or whatever those hamburger things were.
0: helper. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, just kind of those more heavily processed foods that we kind of stepped away from.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think we totally, we just shifted the quality of the food of what we we're eating from processed packaged foods to fresh, real. Whole Foods, and we're gonna, and and that for us personally made a huge impact on how lean our bodies were, how good we felt, and we're gonna talk about that today and even more on today's episode. It's gonna be good, okay? Now, before we dive into all that, I have to give you a quick reminder to head on over to iTunes and leave a glowing five-star review.
1: Bonus points if you mention the co-host extraordinaire.
0: Yeah, you get extra credit if you do that. Um, So I I really do appreciate everyone that has done this already, but if you haven't yet, if you have not left a review yet, and you've been faithfully listening week after week, and you know that you have been impacted and benefited, and you've benefited from this podcast at all, in any way, it would be so awesome if you could go leave a review. Another thing that you can do to help spread the word about the Strong Mamas podcast is to take a screenshot of this episode while you're listening, and you can post it on Instagram or Facebook, telling your friends that they should totally listen too. And if you can partner with me in getting the word out about gospel-centered, high-quality fitness and nutrition, then together we can make an impact on so many more moms out there that are craving to hear these messages too. So please go post a screenshot of the episode. And when you do, make sure to tag me in it because I want to see you. I want to see that you're listening. So you can tag me on Instagram at strong underscore mamas. And on Facebook, it's all one word, Strong Mamas. All And Mamas is always spelled M-O-M-M-A-S. Okay, without further ado, let's dive into nutrition that gets results. All right, this series is all about weight loss done right. And we're parking on this for several episodes because I really want to do this topic justice. It's a big topic. <laughs> And there are millions of options for you out there when it comes to weight loss. Thousands of ways for you to go about doing it. And I really, really do want you to do it right. Because yeah, a lot of those ways out there could be wrong. (laughs) And it might get you some immediate weight loss, but in the end, it might mess up more in your body and in your mind than you ever anticipated. And I I really, really care about not just weight loss for you, but I care about whether or not you're getting improvements in your body composition. Are you improving the fat mass to muscle mass ratio or how much lean body mass you have compared to how much fat mass you have? I care less about the change on the scale. I really want to see that your body composition improves.
1: And I think that's really important that you, the listener, understands that the number on the scale is not the most important thing.
0: No, it's really not. And another huge thing that's really, really important is improvements in your body's overall health. If weight loss makes you more sickly and not healthy, that's not good. Because I know a lot of people will do whatever it takes to lose weight. And in the end, they're just not a very healthy person. And I care more about improvements in what your body can do. Are you actually more physically fit? Do you have better functional capacity? And I also care about improvements in your habits that are sustainable and make you healthy for the rest of your life, not just things that move the needle right now for this month. Like, can you lose eight pounds this month? I care more about that your habits are completely improving for the rest of your life. I also care about improvements in the way that you think about your body and the way that you treat your body in general. And then I definitely care more about whether your habits and whether your attitude and and whatever your strategy is, I care about if it's drawing you closer to Jesus through the process and not pushing or shoving you further away from him because of obsession or restriction or self-body worship. And I just want to set that stage because every time we talk about weight loss, we have to keep this big picture in mind that there's so many other things that are equally, if not so much more important than whether or not the scale goes down. Okay, so go back, listen to the first episode in this series. In fact, you should probably listen to that episode over and over and over again because it really got to... The heart of the matter. And then last week we touched on getting weight loss results from better workouts and how to go about your workouts more strategically and smart so that you're not pounding yourself into the ground with the workouts. Okay. So hopefully we're, we're just laying the groundwork for not just weight loss for you, but just better overall habits in general. That will definitely give you weight loss too. We're going to get there too. So let's circle back to that obsession comment that I made. When you want to lose weight, how you eat and what you eat can very quickly take over your life. I don't want that to happen to you. I know we've seen that a lot. When someone is trying to lose weight, food becomes this obsessive thing, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, you'll find out that it's really easy to fall in the trap about worrying about every single little macronutrient that you're putting into your body.
0: Yeah, tiny details. I think as
1: humans, we enjoy that Mm -hmm. a lot of times. A lot of us enjoy lists and rules because I don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between general rules that are going to improve your health versus strict dieting rules, which turn it into a complete, with the word you used, obsession over what we're eating.
0: Yeah, And it's just heartbreaking to see that I was actually having a conversation with uh, one of my coaching clients not that long ago, and she went away on kind of this girl's weekend and she's been working on her own eating habits and all the ways that I've taught her and and what I'm going to teach you today. But it was this stark contrast with the other friends that were there. Everybody had this long list of things that they had to do or like things that they couldn't eat. You know, they were working on portion control and or they could only have this type of salmon so they had to bring it from home and they couldn't eat anything that anybody else was eating or they couldn't touch this or that. And it was constantly the topic of conversation. It was just weird. And it just like this obsession hovered over that whole weekend with all the women that were there. And she was just appalled by how obsessed all these other moms were and i don't think that is unusual i i think that that is the norm in our culture right now is to be kind of obsessed with whatever the eating habits are or the eating rules are at the moment and then let's contrast that with something completely different this last weekend we had the strong mama's retreat and It's the third annual Strong Mamas Retreat for the members in my online coaching program. And what a refreshing difference. Once again, a girls weekend getaway. We were just eating healthy food, talking about how awesome it was to not have to be obsessed about it. But still everyone there was feeling better. They were more healthy and fit than they've been in their entire life. It's just this really cool contrast between how, most women and most people in general approach nutrition when it comes to weight loss and how we do at Strong Mamas.
1: And what I like the most out of that is the fact that you guys were enjoying food. Mm-hmm. I think so often when we fall into the diet mindset, food becomes the enemy and yeah. we don't enjoy it. But let's remember, God gave us a variety of foods to enjoy. Right. That is a blessing that we should glom onto because that he could have given us just manna
0: oh yeah or like no taste beds at all maybe like just nutrients that fed or fueled our bodies but he didn't no
1: instead he gave us a wide variety of different things that we can enjoy and we shouldn't lose sight of that when we're thinking about what we're going to eat
0: yeah i mean the retreat it really felt like this tiny piece of what heaven might be like you know this community of us together really enjoying food without this cloud or shroud of dieting or obsession or feeling guilty for this or that and i need you to know that that is possible this side of heaven you don't have to wait until we get there to be able to enjoy food the way you were always meant to And I need you to know that results driven nutrition, it can be done differently. You can still get results eating this way, still get results from enjoying food. You don't have to diet or severely restrict or punish your food into submission to make progress. And that's really what I want to teach you is that we can approach food and nutrition so differently, but still get results. You don't have to have one or the other. Okay. So I'm sure we've all heard that weight loss starts in the kitchen, right?
1: <laughs> what was the saying you used to always say that the best exercise you can da- do is the table push away?
0: The table push away or the plate push away. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've all heard that if, if you want to lose weight, it has more to do with what you eat than it has to do with your workouts. Okay, let's set the record straight on this because I've said things like this before and I know a lot of people have said things like this, um, but you need to hear that both matter. Both your workouts and your nutrition matter, maybe equally. (laughs) I There's this debate of like, oh, it's 70% nutrition, 30% workouts. No, no, it's 50-50. I say it's (laughs) 100-100. You got to be fully committed on both sides of the coin for you to really see a big difference. Yes, what you eat determines a lot. It does matter. If you're only focusing on exercise and your nutrition habits are quite basically crappy, you just might not see any changes in your body composition. However, assuming that fat loss is only had by dieting, it's simply not true. And this opinion that, oh, if you want to lose fat weight, you need to diet. If you want to get fit, you need to exercise. Like there's almost these two different categories and you're supposed to pick, well, what do I want? (laughs) That's, it's just not true. And that type of opinion or that mindset usually is what can lead to food obsession and dieting just a lot of people taking a very restrictive approach because of that statement and without any focus on balancing out their nutrition or balancing out their workouts too in conjunction with how they eat. So I really want you to see that both matter. So that whole statement of, oh, it's more about nutrition, less about workouts, if it's weight loss, just throw that whole concept out the window because it's it's just not accurate. Okay when it comes to your nutrition here is what matters longevity and sustainability these two words are absolutely imperative when it comes to eating choices that lead to weight loss roller coaster habits that kind of are the trademark of dieting right on again off again roller coaster habits will never get you anywhere if you're gonna choose an eating strategy that fosters that on-again, off-again behaviors, just don't do it. We've seen it over and over and over again, basically where you're all in for like one month or 21 days. You're like, I'm gonna eat perfectly. That is what I need to teach you today, okay? Real body fat loss, because that's what, that's what we want, right? We, we want to lose body fat, not just lose weight, it's the fat that we want to take care of. Real body fat loss, someone who was doing it properly, the best progress was she lost 1% body fat in one month. That is hands down the best I've ever witnessed. So for good, steady progress that's sustainable and, and just kind of a good expectation on progress, kind of what you can expect, half a percentage point per month is good. Okay, we. I, I just need you to set a realistic expectation here on what you can assume is going to happen with good habits. So if you have 4% body fat to lose, Scott, here's a little math for you. If you have 4% body fat to lose and good steady progress is about half a percentage point per month, how long is that going to take that person?
1: I like how you make me do the math questions. Yeah. I That's do an that. easy one though. That's eight months.
0: Eight months months of consistent effort that's a long time and i'm not saying this to discourage you or just to make you feel bad like oh this is gonna take forever but i i'm saying this to set you up for good expectations and understand that you need something that is gonna work for the long haul i don't want you to pick eating habits that you can only do for one month because if you have four percent body fat that you need to lose which is pretty normal A lot of women I test, they're coming in at like 29% body fat, 28% body fat, and they need to get down to 24 or less. That could take them, if they're doing things right, it could take eight months. It could take 12 months. So choose habits that are simple and doable in every situation so that you can still be doing these habits six months from now, nine months from now, 18 months from now. That is why longevity and sustainability matter. It really matters
1: and i think the important thing to think about when you're struggling with hearing that long timeline yeah is that do you want to go down four percent in two months and then in six months be right back up
0: back up there
1: or in a year do you want to be that four percent down
0: exactly and just
1: reminding yourself that you know it's cliche but it's the old the turtle wins the race sometimes
0: yeah Slow and steady progress is still progress. That is still good. I think sometimes we feel ashamed when it's taking so long. Honestly, as long as you're moving in the right direction and things are changing and progressing and you're doing good, it, di- it shouldn't matter how long it's taking you. It's As long as you're steady about it and you're not doing anything extreme, that's what I want for you, okay? So this is going to be our long-term, our sustainable game plan with your eating habits, okay? The first thing is that we're going to start simple. I'm going to teach you what those simple eating changes are going to be. The second thing is we're going to be strategic with certain things. And then the third thing is that we're going to learn how to habit stack, kind of a new concept that I think it's it's really going to make a ton of sense okay we're going to talk about habit stacking so the first thing starting simple this is where we begin this is your groundwork okay so number 1 with starting simple i need you to learn how to eat slowly and walk away from your food when you're feeling satisfied. This is all about mindfulness and intuition and paying attention to what's going into your mouth and how it's making you feel. And if you can learn this habit of eating slowly and stopping when you feel satisfied, you're going to completely manage your portions and how much you eat. You're going to manage whether or not you overeat and overindulge or you don't. This is really, really good. And Scott, you're actually really good at this habit, probably better than I am.
1: Yeah, I would say for some, there are things that are easier while others struggle more. So for me, I have a hard time when I restrict myself from something, Yeah. but it's easier for me to enjoy a little bit of something.
0: Yeah. So you can have like a splurge type of item and you're really good at eating like only half of it and walking away when you're like, yeah, I've had enough. And I think a good rule of thumb here to start practicing is learning when you reach about the 80% fullness mark. So let's say you have dinner on your plate and you load your plate up with kind of the normal portions that you put on your plate. See if you can eat it slowly, continually checking in about every bite, every couple bites and start to notice when you begin to approach feeling 80% full. This is going to take some practice because it's hard to pin it down, especially the first time. But that 80% fullness should feel like, yeah, I'm satisfied. I no longer feel hungry. But if I were to keep eating, I'm going to feel stuffed. And usually we go beyond that, right? We keep eating and we stuff ourselves. So learning how to practice stopping when you get to that 80% fullness mark. So that is a simple, simple thing to do that makes a big difference.
1: And the key there is that you're listening to your body. Right. Instead of getting out your tiny scale and going, I get to have 45 grams of something.
0: Yeah, or 12 almonds, you're sitting there counting your almonds. You're like, what?
1: Instead, you're listening to your body and your body is going to tell you what it needs.
0: Absolutely. So that's the first simple step that you can begin practicing now. Now the second thing is that I want you to start with what you need to add more of, okay? Not what needs to be restricted. Often when we have like a weight loss goal in mind, we immediately go to the things we need to stop eating, the things that we need to cut out, the things that we need to restrict, right? This is a mindset shift and it's kind of a game that you play that is a totally different attitude about it, is looking at food as what should I be eating more of? And why does this work? It's because we begin to shove out the bad for you stuff because we're so filled up and satisfied with the good for you stuff.
1: And what I think is funny is you hear from clients a lot mm-hmm. that they can't believe how much you're asking them to eat. Oh yeah. because. In our minds, when we hear we need to start eating healthier, improving our diet, the first thing we think about, as you mentioned, was what do I need to get rid of? I need to start restricting things. Yeah, I
0: need to eat less.
1: Where instead this is saying, no, eat more of mm-hmm. the right things.
0: Absolutely. It's hilarious when people like try one of my meal plans for the body types. I'll get notes from people or comments who are like, I've never eaten this much in a long time but i'm still seeing results i'm like yeah it works it's amazing how fun is that so the first thing i want you to try to eat more of is protein more protein and i'm talking with every single meal so anytime you encounter a meal see how much protein especially lean protein like chicken fish lean beef, things that you can add into your meals that boost the protein content. We talked about this way back in the macro series where we touched on protein. Definitely go back and listen to that. That's gonna be helpful. So think more protein with each of your meals. It's counterintuitive, because you're gonna feel like, ah, I'm eating a lot. But what that's gonna do is it's gonna fill you up for longer and you're gonna be less likely to munch on all the not so good stuff. The other thing I want you to eat more of is more vegetables. Yes, you need to eat your vegetables. (laughs) This goes back to what we mentioned in the beginning of what that major shift was for us when our eating habits cleaned up. We just started eating a lot more vegetables. And it made a big impact on how full we felt on a regular basis, how much we were eating a bunch of other stuff. Just because the fiber and the high quality nutrients that come in vegetables... It, it makes a big difference on how your body feels.
1: Yeah, and I know you hear that and you think about your parents eat your vegetables. Yeah. And a lot of times it brings up a lot of bad memories or bad thoughts about food. And I understand. I'm not somebody who naturally loves vegetables. So the key for me was finding a few, yeah. three or four vegetables that I do enjoy and keeping those in the refrigerator ready to go.
0: Absolutely, and I'll have conversations with people where they're like, I really hate vegetables. like, okay, that's fine, but I have a feeling you like at least one, maybe two. Like, do you like sugar snap peas? Do you like cucumbers? Do you like cherry tomatoes? Like, see, even if you feel like, ugh, I hate vegetables, make a list for yourself. I have a feeling it's longer. There's more things on that vegetable list than you think, and then draw from that list and just see how many of those things you can add in with each meal. So more vegetables, all right? The next thing I want you to add in more of is more healthy fats. These are like seeds and nuts and certain, like a variety of different oils, like olive oil and walnut oil and avocado oil, coconut oil, um making sure that you're including fish as one of your proteins several times a week that's really good healthy fats for you so being mindful about adding in some healthy fats with each meal that fills you up along with the protein and keeps you feeling satiated for longer and you're going to be less likely to eat all the not so good stuff another thing i want you to focus on adding more of is more water so drinking more clear calorie free liquids, especially water. And hopefully you can begin to transition away from any type of beverage that has sugar or fat in it because you're just focusing more on drinking a lot of water. And if you struggle with drinking water, a great trick is to just say, hey, at every meal, I'm going to drink one full glass of water. And if you're getting three full glasses of water a day, that is a really great start. And I know, Scott, you and I, working from home, we do pretty good on water, <laughs> our water cooler in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> We're always meeting each other there. But we do. We drink quite a bit of water, um, and it really makes a difference. And then finally, this goes back to what you mentioned in the beginning, focusing on eating more real, whole foods, which should help shove out the foods that are like the processed, the packaged varieties of foods, okay? Okay.
1: And I want to give a caveat here. One exception in my mind are processed vegetables that are cut up for you or a bagged salad or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yes, if you want to make your own salad and your own dressing, kudos to you. But for most of us, we're pretty busy, but it's a lot better to take a salad out of a bag than something out of a box in the cabinet so
0: just at every meal look at okay what am i eating here that's coming out of a package out of a wrapper out of a box is there anything that i can do to this meal or maybe what i'm eating out of this package actually is in its raw state like this is how it was grown so those are all the things that i want you to focus on eating more of these are your simple strategies that can be kind of the groundwork for nutrition that is going to help get you some weight loss, okay? Now, here is where we can begin to get a little bit more strategic. This is where things might start to get tricky and perhaps a tad bit more challenging, but this is where you do eventually need to go. Maybe not quite yet, and we're going to talk about this more when we mention habit stacking but this is the strategic part, okay? Number one with strategic eating. I want you to work on strategically eating, start your carbohydrates when the timing is a little bit more right for you and your body. These are all the carbs that are other than that are not fruits and vegetables, like the produce, okay? So these are carbs like um, bread, rice, pasta, potatoes, um, things that are just a little starchier. What? You're giving me a funny look about the potatoes. Look,
1: you said anything other than vegetables, and potatoes are a vegetable.
0: They are a vegetable, yes, technically, Um, but they tend to have a a pretty high starch content. They actually are really high in vitamins and minerals. They've got some really great nutrients in them, but for someone that's looking to lose body fat strategically, it's one of those... it it falls into the category where they need to be more mindful about when and how they eat that. So there's that whole category of starchier forms of carbohydrates that we can play with this a little bit and tweak it so that they actually work better for you. So what I want you to try to do is if you're going to eat these types of carbohydrates, try to position them in the meal that lands closest to when you work out. So let's say you work out, Mid morning, you know, like 10 a.m. in the morning. Um, see if you can have, like, if you're going to have any form of starch or carbohydrate for that day, like maybe a piece of toast or bread, have that at breakfast because that's probably the meal that's closest to your workout. Especially if you're not going to eat lunch until like one o'clock, um, or maybe vice versa. Maybe your workout is in the afternoon, late in the afternoon. Maybe position your starch or carbohydrate. For dinner time, if that meal ends up landing closest to your workout. So then all the other meals of the day have the protein, the vegetables, the healthy fats, and the only time you're eating these starchier forms of carbohydrates is at the meal that's closest to your workout. And what I want, I I really need to make a point that when you do eat these starchier forms of carbohydrates, please choose the highest quality varieties. So when I say, yeah, go ahead and have a piece of bread, this shouldn't be like Wonder Bread. (laughs) The highest quality is going to be something that is minimally processed. So a type of grain that is in its whole form, a whole grain, like the entire germ is there, like the whole piece of grain is there. Same with like rice. The whole rice is there. It's not like a, a refined rice um so any type of refining that happens to these forms of starchier carbohydrates try to shy away from those and choose varieties that are more whole grain or whole food varieties
1: so maybe a baked potato instead of frozen french fries
0: uh yes absolutely (laughs) okay so that's one thing that you can become start to become strategic about is those starchier forms of carbohydrates and that really really does help actually the second thing is to start to be more strategic with your splurges so a splurge is any food item or beverage or full meal that does not comply with what we mentioned so if you have a meal that doesn't have protein if you have a meal that did not include vegetables or good healthy fats um, or if it had a bunch of processed packaged food in it those meals those items would be considered splurges, okay? They're totally fine. I'm not saying they're bad and you have to avoid them altogether. You just need to be strategic about them.
1: 90% of the time, your eating is complying with what we just laid out there.
0: Exactly. And then
1: the 10% of the time is your opportunity to splurge and enjoy something outside of that.
0: Yep, totally. And so over the course of a week, that usually ends up being a splurging opportunities in a full week which is not very much, but that's where the discipline comes into play. (laughs) But I think what you might need to hear is that, yes, you can still make progress when you splurge sometimes. Because in our heads, especially if we have um, that mindset, okay, I've got weight loss goals in mind. I really want to make some changes. You're like, I I should be eating perfectly. Like even if I splurge at all, it's going to mess me up. No, 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 no. Like the 90-10 rule does work. You just got to be honest about it because 80-20 doesn't work as much. If you're complying only 80% of the time and you're splurging like 20% of the time, which is about once every single day, your progress is going to be hard to hard to come by, especially like 70-30. Most people are kind of in the 70-30 category. I need to be right around the three or four splurges mark. Okay, when are the, you know, what's our date night? That's a night that we're going to go out and we're going to eat something that I know is not compliant. Maybe I want a glass of wine. Maybe I want, you know, potatoes when I didn't just work out. And so just a meal that happens to be more decadent. Plan that out ahead of time same with other meals over the course of the week okay so that you know exactly when your splurges are going to happen and you're not going to get caught off guard and this does require discipline because if you encounter a non-planned splurge like maybe on a random wednesday afternoon when you're feeling kind of emotional and you want to self-comfort with a whole handful of chocolate (laughs) you need to look at the whole week and be like well I got to be honest here. Do I want to make progress? Is this going to help me? Is this going to be a splurge that's worth it? And then when you are splurging, something that's very important is that you stay in the moment. Be aware and mindful of how the splurge is making you feel. Slow down while you're eating it. Stop when you feel satisfied. Practice not overindulging on that. Like that finishing, stopping your meal at like that 80% fullness mark, it helps so much when you encounter these splurge moments. So then a gigantic meal doesn't feel like it completely undoes everything that you just did. Okay. All the progress that you feel like you made. So those are the strategic things that you can work on. So being strategic with your carbs and being strategic with your splurges. Now we're gonna put that all together, those first simple eating habits and the strategic eating habits, and we're gonna learn how to habit stack, okay? Habit stacking is basically building one habit on top of another one. It's not doing all of those habits all at once. That is classic diet mentality, right? From like day one, Monday morning, you're changing all the things. (laughs) We do this all the time, right? Diet starts Monday. Diet starts Monday and it's like you got to try to eat perfectly that entire day and by Tuesday afternoon you're a mess. Okay? Because you haven't habit stacked, right? The best behavior change happens with slow and steady baby steps. We said that already. I want to just keep saying that so you get this drilled into your brain that slow progress, slow baby steps are really good and important.
1: What it makes me think of is one of our favorite movies, What About Bob with Bill Murray. And the book he reads from The Psychiatrist is Baby Steps. Oh, yeah. And if any of you have seen that movie, (laughs) if you haven't, you should go back and watch it. It's a classic. Yeah. But in that movie, he is a complete hypochondriac that won't even leave his apartment. Yeah. But then he reads this book about taking baby steps. And as he's walking out of his apartment, it's like, baby steps out of the apartment, baby steps down the hallway, baby (laughs) steps outside. And it's a very funny movie, but I do think it's a good illustration of a lot of times it really is just... One little step at a time that's going to get you to where you need to go instead of thinking about the end at the beginning.
0: And trying to jump straight to the end from step one. Yeah, And that is the best type of behavior change because that is essentially what you're trying to do here is change your eating behaviors so that in six months from now, nine months from now, they look completely different. You're eating like a healthy person, like a, a person who's really fit and active and has good eating habits but to get to there if that's where you want to end up you have to do them with slow and steady baby steps
1: and i think going back to our example earlier when you asked me about when we started to make the transition that that's very much what we did as well right was it wasn't overnight we went from eating all packaged food to eating whole and healthy foods it was a process over time. But because of that, I look back now and it doesn't feel like I ever had to diet to get where we are.
0: No, no. And I think about those meals that I used to eat, you know, for lunch, it was like a lean cuisine with a diet Coke and a Luna bar. Like that's how I ate every single day. Like everything came out of a package. And I can't even imagine how that would make my body feel right now. I would be so upset, so gassy for the whole day. But I made those changes over a long period of time.
1: And I remember with you, when we were first married, you had stomach issues all the time. Oh, yeah. You didn't feel well very often. Yeah. It could never pinpoint what it was. Mm -hmm. And then over time, as your diet changed, you realized how much of an impact those quote-unquote healthy meals we're having on your body
0: oh my gosh the luna bars and the lane cuisines good grief yeah so i want you to work on acquiring a skill mastering that skill and then acquiring the next skill that is baby steps that's habit stacking okay so we're going to take a habit and I want you to work on that habit for one week minimum, just that one habit. We're going to change just that one thing and then we'll work on the next habit. So if we go back to the simple steps where we began with, the first one was mindfulness, learning, learning how to slow down when you're eating, stopping when you're at about 80% full. Okay, that is the first habit that you can work on and practice that for one full week before you try to change anything else. Okay.
1: I think that needs to be said again because okay. what people are going to want to do, yeah. is everything. You're automatically going to want to say, "I want to do all these habits immediately." Yep. I'm
0: going to add all the just protein. How we're gonna do it. I'm going to change all the healthy fats. I'm going to drink all the water. Like everything we just mentioned, like especially that carb thing. I know right now, listener, like you are thinking, I- "I'm going to do my carbs now." <laughs> stop stop back up we're gonna get there but with proper habit stacking okay and that is you gotta start with the mindfulness piece and you have to acquire that skill and master that skill first for one week and then you're gonna add on to the next simple skills the more protein work on adding in more protein with every meal for a full week And then go to more vegetables. You don't lose the skill when you move on to the next one. You just keep adding a skill. And pretty soon, you know, you're five weeks in and you're like, oh, wow, I'm eating so mindfully with each of my meals. I'm eating protein now. I'm eating a lot more vegetables. I'm eating healthy fats. I'm drinking water. And you didn't do all that overnight. But in five weeks, you have all these habits now. And that's what makes the difference. And this is how you really create healthy eating habits that you can do consistently enough for months on end in order to get those weight loss results that you want, okay? So go back and ask yourself, where do I need to start? Most likely you need to start at that mindfulness piece and just begin there. Okay, now this begs the question, if, let's just assume if, you're already doing all these things awesome. You're like, yeah, Megan, (laughs) I'm a pro at all of these habits, all these skills that you just mentioned, I'm good. I mean, I doubt it, honestly. Most people that I work with can totally improve in at least one of those areas, especially when we got to those more strategic skills of carbs and splurges. Usually those are the sticking points, but let's say that you're doing all those things great. And I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. We can then move on to some things that might be a little bit more advanced. So these are some more advanced eating skill stuff.
1: And again, I know I sound like a broken record here, but I know what the instinct is going to be. Yeah, we're
0: going to want to jump straight to I this. want to do all
1: these. I want to do all the advanced stuff too. I mm-hmm. want to do all of it because then I'm going to get more results faster. Yep. Don't.
0: Don't do, do not that. do
1: any of these until you have mastered the basics.
0: Yep. Yes. Okay. We're like loading this thing up with caveats right now. There's like caveats in every corner. Okay. These are some little details that might help move the needle, okay? The first thing is green tea. Green tea has been shown to have some positive benefits on your metabolism. So if everything else is dialed in and great and you just need a little bit of extra boost in your metabolism, I mean, it's not huge. It might be like 20 or 30 calories a day extra that your body is outputting. I mean, that could be an extra time up and down the stairs. So it's not like this big dramatic change, but green tea, it can have some benefits on your metabolism. So that's one little detail that you can try. Fish oil, we talked a lot about fish oil a couple weeks ago on the Ask Me Anything episode, but fish oil has been shown to improve fat oxidation, which is basically your body's ability to burn fat stores more efficiently. And I would say this is something that you could probably start implementing right away because back at one of our simple eating habits was to improve your consumption of healthy fats. And so you could add in some fish oil right away, and it might also have extra benefits rather than just the nutrients of the fish oil.
1: And it's super simple to do. Oh
0: yeah, that's really easy to do. Mm -hmm. Another little detail that might help move the needle, turmeric. Turmeric has been shown to be very anti-inflammatory, kind of like fish oil. And and that fact has helped to kind of decrease your body's overall stress load and and get your body in a state, just that inflammatory state, so that you can potentially oxidize fat a little bit better. Once again, not a huge difference, but it could be enough to make you feel better. Finally, we can talk about like protein powders and greens supplements These things are great if you don't feel like you're getting adequate amounts of like protein and vegetables from real whole food. I want to make sure that you're getting protein and vegetables first, but if you want to kind of boost it and get even more, adding in a protein powder supplement every day and drinking some like greens powder, that can help too. Okay. But once again, that's like adding things in. We're not trying to restrict more. We're just doing a little bit extra. Okay. Okay. All right, so finally, we're coming around to the diet things. Like, do some of the classic diet tactics actually work, like calorie counting and macro counting and intermittent fasting and cutting out sugar? You know, all those classic go-to strategies. Here's the thing. They do kind of work for some people, but my question, once again, is longevity and sustainability. If you have 4% body fat to lose and that's gonna take you about eight months, is this something that, can you calorie count for eight months? Be honest, probably not. Can you track your macros for eight months? Mm, Probably not. These things should be your absolute last resort. And if you have been consistently doing the eating habits that I already lined out for you and you're not still seeing progress, then maybe, maybe, just maybe, you can get a little bit more dialed in. But nine times out of ten, you're not going to need to. I would probably say 19 times out of 20. Like, let's change the stats a little bit even more. You're not going to need to get here, okay? Calorie counting, by the way, is super inaccurate. (laughs) Heads up about that. Most people are like, hey, but it works honestly calorie burn calculators so things that tell you how many calories you're burning these can be off by as much as 20 or 30 percent in normal young healthy people so can you imagine how inaccurate they could be in someone who's older or maybe unhealthy or overweight so if you're hopping on an elliptical machine it's like hey you just burned 300 calories (laughs) that could be off by as much as like 50 percent it's like no actually you just burned 150 sorry (laughs) So those are kind of like the classic go-to strategies, but you got to see that most of those are very restrictive. They're very intense. And we come back once again, is this something that you can do for the long haul? Okay. So what's our big takeaway today? What, what's the big pull? What, what can we pull out of what we just learned? What do you think, Scott? Putting you on the spot again. I'm sorry. I
1: know. I love when you do this to me. I know. I think the big thing to take away is that longevity, sustainability need to be the keys.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Keeping that big picture in mind that, okay, what is a realistic expectation on weight loss progress and how long is that going to take me realistically and what does that mean for my eating habits? And then I think another big takeaway that we need to really drill in is that slow and steady, simple steps that we can implement, not in the habit stacking piece of trying to not change all the things all at once, but just changing one thing at a time, mastering that thing and then adding to it, building onto it. Okay. You're going to feel so much more accomplished and successful and victorious if you do it that way, using that method. So my hope is that you can not only learn how to improve your eating habits, but also even repair your relationship with food, especially if you've spent years dieting and doing the roller coaster thing. I don't want you to end up being one of those moms that's at a weekend retreat and you're there with all these other moms and you guys are all just super obsessed about your eating and obsessed about what you can't have, what you can have. I want you to experience food the way that we did at the retreat. It's so liberating and it still gets results. So let's get you off that roller coaster and gradually change your habits so that you feel self-controlled, you feel confident, and that you actually begin seeing real sustainable progress, okay? Now, make sure to stay tuned for next week's episode. We're gonna wrap up this series all about weight loss by talking about the effect that hormones have on weight loss. Whoa, this is big. We're going to go there. We're going to look at thyroid hormones. We're going to look at estrogen, progesterone, cortisol, and even the hunger hormones. It's going to be good. You're not going to want to miss it. Don't forget, go take the body type quiz if you have not already. It's going to give you some dialed in guidance on how to eat more specifically for your own body type. You can find that link in the show notes. And until next week, we'll talk to you later.